put your hands together for the late morning program with your host, Nam Ross! The late morning program, episode three. How's it going, Tulse? Going good. Thanks for being here in your own house. You're welcome. Anytime. <laughs> I just like to uh, tell my viewers and listeners and um, apologize for the uh, for the lapse in um, episodes coming out. Lots going on. Uh, one of them being your very <coughs> how how many <coughs> weeks are you now for um, the viewers? I think thirty nine weeks. Basically, any day now. Any day <laughs> now. So it's Tulsi and baby trying together to, trying to get in the podcast before the baby comes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, I guess let's get right to it. Um, this is episode three, as I said before, and, uh, you know, a lot of people have been asking for you to come on and, uh, I just wanted to entertain that and, you know, you're an interesting person and, um, really? am I an interesting person? You're very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting because your persona as the podcast person. <laughs> Well, I was like yelling at you a second ago. Yeah, <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> um, but uh, for pe- for for those who don't know you, um, your background's in midwifery, right? Right. So, um, yeah. Tell, tell us about about that a bit. Okay. So when when I was about seven years old, or seven and a half, almost eight, my my mother she gave birth to my brother, which um, actually there was a devotee midwife who was was her friend, and something about that experience was amazing to me that you know i was almost eight years old i was very aware of uh, i wasn't present for the birth but i was very aware of how that was like a really special thing that first of all a devotee can be you know helping you to give birth and then also that it could be your friend so i was like kind of grew up thinking that that was a really nice job to have and i always wanted to help people um being in the caring um work so yeah when i i went to university and i did a degree in in midwifery how long did you work as a midwife in in england um uh, almost three years and um, so you've like you've uh delivered hundreds of babies probably yeah a few hundred i mean during the three-year training yeah we had to deliver at least 40 babies to be able to qualify and then after that working as a midwife and actually i took a i took some time out and went and did bhakti shastri in mayapur and during that time i delivered another couple babies in mayapur which was wow something completely you know something that always uh, interested me was that you know they say you know birth death old age and disease birth is the one that we don't really think of necessarily as something that's miserable or that's you know that's something negative or mm. not negative but something that's uh you know but but um i'd like to hear from you about like your spirituality and about midwifery together like how do you like what intertwines those what connects those two things um yeah well, when you when you work as a midwife or any anyone who has to deal with birth and yes like you said most people will think oh it's such a wonderful experience but when you see the other side of it the loss you know many people experience and 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 the difficulties um during the deliveries and things like that it can actually be quite um profound in terms of your spiritual understanding of the whole situation even just watching a c-section is like 
wow like it's like you know i always used to say that this is like what it looked like when haranya kashipu was being like ripped apart oh in God. some ways not really but um just that like the fact that someone can be like completely their abdomen completely open and this baby coming out and on the other side of the curtain they're completely like awake and alert and excited it's like wow like we're not this body like something so amazing as seeing the effects of general anesthetic and mm. we're not general anesthetic but you know look the anesthetic for the surgery and that kind of thing is really fascinating was there something that also that about after the birth uh i remember you saying that sometimes you would chant to the oh yeah i tried to so whenever the baby was born like you know when i was just working in a regular hospital um just always to say a little mantra in the baby's ear when i could or Amazing. even just saying krishna or you know things like that because yeah. who knows what that baby's journey is is going to be in life and if I can give a little um, push start in their spiritual life, then I felt like I had done my bit. Right. And now that the tables have turned, so to say, <laughs> in the sense of like now it's you mm. who are the one who is on the other side, not the. So what is that like? It's um, it's really different, actually. I, I think in one ways you feel more calm because you know a lot medically of what's going on. Yeah. But in another way, you kind of always think, well, uh, is this going to happen wrong or is this going to happen wrong? It's kind of you're a little bit apprehensive. But I think in general, it's it's always good to have knowledge. So I always try to encourage women and men, you know, to learn more about this process of being pregnant, especially as devotees like what the baby's going through sometimes we're all just like la 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 everything's fine but you know the bhagavatam gives some pretty interesting and in-depth descriptions of the difficulties that the baby has in right. the womb and that's quite um sad sometimes and you you think okay can i make that easier for this soul can i yeah you know by chanting or by um you know reading krishna book and or you know other other literature that make make this soul the journey in the womb and then out transitioning into the world a, a, a more smooth journey and more hopeful experience right wow so you said you were saying you know you grew up in england mm -hmm. so and and so now that you will become a mother soon and your own experience of krishna consciousness growing up as a hari krishna or as a devotee like uh what are your experiences as a you know growing up in as a devotee and now that you have to you have to kind of be a mother bring... exactly myself. yeah um yeah good question <laughs> i should ask you that question as well <laughs> i mean i'm sure we'd have different answers because we you know i feel like the way we grew up even though we're kind of at the same period now and we we see eye to eye on many things like we had quite different upbringings in, in some ways um i think it's and what I really appreciate about growing up in a devotee community and and near the temple. I mean, this could help, you know, people who are to have children and just to see what your, our, you know, mine as well, right. our viewpoints and our aspirations for in, in this day and age. Not, you know, because life has changed since even yeah. when I was a kid. Right. I, it's scary, actually, how social media and you know the things that kids are into these days the things that kids know even it's like scary to see that the that innocence is going much earlier and right um it's shocking but um yeah i think for me what was really important because i went to gurukul for you know 
until I was about 10. And then I, and that was at the temple. And then after, for those who don't know Gurukul, what, what is that? So the school that was run by the temple and, you know, we, we went through regular um, school subjects, math, science, English, everything, um, as well as learning scriptural, you know, the Bhagavad Gita and, and, you know, learning about Srila Prabhupada's life. And we would have assembly doing kirtan, we would mm. have kirtan lessons, you know, learning the instruments and things like that. And then obviously when there was a big festival, we would have the day off of school or, or we would do a special festival within the school right so it was all centered around you know being a devotee but also learning the regular subjects that were required for the you know country you know and and we would have uh, examinations the same as regular kids and mm -hmm. everything like that so i think um what was great about that was it gave me a really strong foundation that okay, this is who I am and all my friends were devotees and not that, I mean, I had other outside clubs as well that I went to, you know, like, um, where I interacted with non-devotees or, you know, people who are different religions and things like that. So that was, you know, good to have that exposure. But I think knowing who I was from an early age and, and having that philosophy, um, given to me in a way that I could ask questions when, I, when they arose, I felt that that made a really strong foundation for me to then go on and be able to explain to others. Because then when I started regular school, uh, I know for everyone, it was a different experience. A few of my friends uh, found it more difficult, the transition between, um, you know, regular school and, and Gurukul. Um, but for me, at least I knew how to explain my life choices. And, yeah. and I felt like I had life choices. Like, you know, explaining to someone what a Kadeshi is or, you know, why I'm not eating regular food today. Like it was a really kind of, so you would explain that. Oh yeah. See, that's I mean, so different from my, from my, <laughs> what experience. was your thing? Mine. Okay. I was, I, I went to public school my whole life. I went to three days of Gurukul in Vrindavan. Mm -hmm. I couldn't cut it. I was crying every night and, uh, I, you <laughs> okay. know, they took me out. They said, you know, my parents also weren't, you know, ready to leave me in India while they were back, right. back in, the, in the States and everything. So my experience was that I kind of, my, like most of my friends knew I was vegetarian, but beyond that, it was really, I didn't, I was very private about mm. my life. I mean, um, and, and I see that in the way, also in the way of our workplace now, the way yeah. you interact with your my colleagues your colleagues and the way i interact with them like mine is also very much like now i'm just like okay I, everyone knows i'm vegetarian and everything and that i you know don't drink or anything like that but that i but not nothing about my religion per se like i i haven't communicated at all but then you for example you for example i seen a video of your of your co-workers you show your co-workers co like you singing at my pukirtan mela or something yeah. like i would die if someone think, saw me like that. i mean i think it's just like depends on your personality as You're well. right yeah because i mean for example my experience and my sister's experience were very different because of our our personalities so yeah, yeah. I think that's one thing and I and, and everyone will have a different journey and, and a different way that they feel comfortable to express themselves depending on their friendship groups, depending on their experience of growing up in Krishna consciousness as well. Yeah. So So go going back to the the you know, the child, you know, raising. Yeah. So what would you want for our, our children per se? Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> people have started asking my mom, now my mom's come here, you know, to help with the delivery and everything. Yeah, yeah. So people are like asking my mom, like, oh, so how was she as a child? I'm like, Ooh, don't, don't ask. <laughs> Cause I feel, I mean, she will also tell you that 
I was a pretty wild child, you know, in terms of I had a lot of energy. I would, you know, run around, climb the trees and things like that. And I, I mean, not that it's really a bad thing, but I, I see it with other children, children as well that, you know, they have so much energy that my concern is that I won't be able to engage that in a, in a constructive way and mm -hmm. keep, keep my child kind of, you know, benefiting from this experience of being uh, outside of the womb and things like that. I don't know. What's, what about you? What, what do you think? Uh, what do I think about what? Um, <laughs> um, like, okay, so what, what do you hope for our children or for, you know, the future? You know, I, I definitely have a fear. There's, a, there's definitely fear there of just anyone coming into this crazy, you know, crazy mm. world. Mm. It's just very fearful. Right. But, you know, I have a lot of faith in community. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of faith in the devotee community, right? more specifically. Um, and uh, I feel that, like, the way I grew up, the way it was was around other, you know, other kids mm. and other parents who saw me as their own, mm. you know? And that was really, um, and that was really, a, you know, an amazing experience for me growing up, being like a Sunday schoolie, you know, not a public schoolie, not a guru coolie, you know? <laughs> So, um, stigma. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think for our children that that's something I, I'm that helps with that fear. So just going to that point, you know, having been through the public school system and me having been through the guru, I know we've discussed this before. Yeah. What would would you want your children to go through the same experience that you did or? No, no, definitely not. I don't think so. Um, Why do you feel that? I, I think it's changed a lot. Public school has changed a lot since I was in school. You know, I'm going to be 33, um, so that's quite a while ago. And and I see how you know how it's changed. And if you can, it, you know, a lot of boys can't mm. homeschool or gurukul or whatever. So they try their best. But I think personally, for my own, I I wouldn't want my kids to go to public school. I would I would want to either homeschool them or put them in gurukul somewhere or start a gurukul you were talking about something mm -hmm. that that was one of your dreams yeah. and aspirations yeah, yeah. uh so that's something i i'm looking we would look into seriously i wouldn't to answer your question no right that's yeah. really interesting yeah i think it's hard for uh, young parents these days who are looking for that you know because i feel like the you know all the bad rep that gurukul's got in the past uh, yeah. history mm -hmm. You know, many of them shut down and many negative feelings. But, you know, for me, having had such a positive experience in a gurukul, you know, and it was a day school. We weren't we didn't stay there overnight. Right. And our families lived nearby. You know, we all lived around the temple close by and we had an international board of teachers and we had international students you know from all different places in the world and that's how the devotee community is it's pretty much always going to be mixed a lot of the time and i think it's a really unique experience mm -hmm. to have so yeah that's you know that's definitely interesting um i'm just going by i put up a facebook post as you saw Which i asked my suggestion to go <laughs> i i asked uh i asked people you know, what would you want to hear from Tulsi? And one other thing was like fears or, or you know, of, be, of becoming parents mm -hmm. uh, in this age, you know, second generation parenting, second generation Hare Krishna people, um, midwife stories. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about that time you, uh, you were in the paper. 
I, oh, I was in the news? Yeah, you were in the news. What was that for? Oh, it was, well, okay, if anyone has ever had a baby, you know that when the baby's going to come, they're going to come. And actually, the, the, the midwife is not the one who, you know, is delivering the baby. It's the mother who's delivering the baby. The midwife is just kind of attending and supporting. But uh, um, even if you're not ready for the baby to come, it's going to come anyway at the time that it's planned. So um, one time... A mother it was her second baby and she didn't quite plan the timing <laughs> correctly she was thinking I'm gonna you know and she was uh, a little bit famous so um, she walked from her house which was just just a few blocks down the street she walked from her house to the hospital but she just got to just outside the hospital and she didn't quite make it she felt the baby starting to come you know her waters had already broken and everything and she she couldn't move anymore so she was holding on to someone's gates <laughs> of their house and um they called up to the to the hospital and they were like we need some midwives down here quickly so we like ran down with blankets and you know all the instruments that we might need for delivery and ran down and uh the the you know the emergency staff were kind of there helping her trying to get her to sit on the wheelchair and she was like oh, i can't sit down i'm like what of course she can't sit down she's having a baby oh <laughs> you know gosh. so i you know i was like she can lean over the wheelchair if she need you know that's how she, you can get her in um but no one had checked like you know she had her, her clothes on still and everything like that I was like did anyone check and no no one had checked so we put a cloth around we just checked you know, pulled it down or <laughs> whatever she was wearing and the head was already coming out. So I was like, we have to Whoa. deliver the baby right here on the street. It was like 5 a.m. in the middle of London and, and there was hardly anyone around, luckily. And that, that was day. in the paper because she was famous? Right. She was an actress. So that was interesting. That I, is so cool. I mean, obviously, we didn't know that until afterwards. That, yeah, that she you didn't was, know who she was. You know, and... But it was it was quite cool. It's definitely one of those stories that you remember, and uh, of course, you know, suddenly like the baby's coming out and like holding the baby on the on the street, and I'm like, oh my god, quickly get the stretcher and everything. Like yeah, that. but um, switching gears a little bit, you know, I I know you're, you know, we all know that you're very accomplished kirtania. You do a lot of kirtan, and <laughs> and uh, what is what is your experience of um. How do you deal with like praise? Someone wanted to know. Um, yeah, that's You're praised a lot. Yeah, it's it's hard, and I'm sure you also have you have a similar experience. Um, it can be difficult to, you know, the thing is when someone praises you for the kirtan, like um, they're expressing their gratitude to for something that you've done you know in some ways you're you're providing a service for them you're connecting them even if you're not you know i don't consider myself any in any way advanced and i'm not i'm not just saying that to be humble um what i what i feel is that okay everyone is given certain talents um in their karma and for some people that they might have talents which are can be used in devotional service so you know my family are pretty musical and that's something that has been given to me and i've you know able to do kirtan so number one we you know any talents of ours are krishna's doing they're not our our own so that's one thing to to understand that okay i'm accepting this um praise but i'm understanding that it's not my skill i shouldn't feel proud that this is something that i've done um, and then at the same time, trying to be gracious to the person because 
it can be really hard, especially, you know, the whole fame thing. And I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but sometimes in India, um, when, when you're doing different kirtan festivals, it can be overwhelming the amount of people that come to you and, you know, this celebrity culture that, um, what, yeah, what do you think about that? What, what do you think about this? See, like, for example, like, no, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, right. but I know we've discussed this in the past, like, um, you know, being qualified and, uh, you know, then becoming, uh, you know, getting praise. And like, for example, you're not initiated. Mm -hmm. So you do kirtan mm -hmm. and everywhere and everyone praises you. And then there's like a celebrity, like you were saying, celebrity culture and stuff. Mm -hmm. What, where is the balance? Do you see do you find that you need to you need to balance it or 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 like what is your experience in that i think it's a really fine line like what your expectations like should pe should people be initiated like what's your i mean i think like there's different levels it depends what you're going for and 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 what do you mean going for so someone who's someone who's organizing a kirtan festival their thing is that they want to create a nice experience for everyone a nice mood and the and the purity also there so i think i don't necessarily think that it has to be all initiated devotees although i think it's if you can have that and those people are available great why not but but i don't think that it should be like okay you can't because you're not initiated you can't lead a kirtan right, right. you know and 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 who's to say what where people are on on their spiritual journey maybe they're not initiated yet but maybe they're very strict sadhakas and maybe they're maybe they are practicing devotees for many many years who knows why they're not initiated maybe it's something internal that they're struggling and are we there to discriminate them against that yeah but know? then then also you know to balance that like is that so then what if they're you know they they're taking that uh you know they're taking that praise and all that and that's probably not helping in their spiritual life so do you find in your own life like uh that it affected you like did it affect your your own view of yourself well for me i felt like you know when someone's praising you so much and you feel inadequate it creates more humility right so interesting it's in a way it's actually more beneficial for you mm. and maybe that's my karma why why i've been put in that position is to create humility you know so that i i'm not like oh oh i'm a great kirtania and and i deserve all this praise it's that people think so much of me and i feel really inadequate right so i i it's like really helpful actually right going back to the you know um you know you're not initiated and everything mm -hmm. Um, do you, do, do you find that, uh, it's harder for people growing up in Krishna conscious to be, to make those commitments in, in, you know, for those who have, for those viewers and listeners who don't know what we're talking about in, in the Hare Krishna movement, we have certain, um, initiation vows that we make for, you know, chanting a number of, uh, mantras and rounds, they call it. Uh, and also following certain principles in, mm -hmm. and so uh, what I'm asking Tulsi is is regarding people who have grown up with that. Their parents are committed devotees, and sometimes it can be hard for for them to because they've grown up with it. I mean, from my own experience, I can say that um, it was difficult because uh, you're you that's all you know. That's and you have to actually join Krishna consciousness mm. for your own self. Yeah, um, I think. 
I mean, people tend to have this uh, uh, view of second-generation devotees that would, you know, no one ever gets initiated and no one wants to advance in Krishna consciousness. And I think, in general, I, I mean, there is a there is a, a general aspect of that. Um, and then I think, obviously, on an individual basis, there's many, many examples that I can think of that it's that don't follow that. Um, for me, I think the difficulty was and is. Um, seeing initiation as a very high standard for myself or mm. creating the high standard uh, you know not seeing it as the beginning initiation is the beginning of my journey mm. so uh, you know it, it's kind of disappointing when you see new devotees coming and going not coming and going but joining and then within a couple of years they're initiated there and you're kind of like well, I've been devoting my whole life. How, yeah. come, how come I'm still not initiated? I, I remember you gave me that example. Someone told you. Yeah, I was thinking of that. Of um, basically, you know, to be born in a devotee family, we have some some good karma from a previous life, or our spiritual journey is continuing. So whatever we we got to in our spiritual life in our previous life, it um, the example that was given was like digging in digging a hole in the ground. Uh, when you dig in the firm ground, whatever hole is there, then at the end of that life, it's filled with sand. So then digging that sand out the next lifetime is very easy. So for many uh, people who have, you know, second generation devotees, taking that sand out, is kind of like just sailing through Krishna consciousness. Oh, I find it easy to follow the principles maybe, or, or I feel find it, some people find it easy to chant or easy to read um, Srila Prabhupada's books. Um, but then getting to that hard ground again, it's like, oh, now I need to start working right. on the hard stuff. So it can seem to some people that, oh, we're just breezing through and, and we don't find those things hard, which is it's also, again, subjective but yeah getting getting to a place where we're actually trying hard um to do to, to further our spiritual life that's the challenge i think for second generation do you feel that uh, do you feel that initiation is like some sort of you know that goal like for example when you reach that goal uh do you think things will be different or like because right now you're maybe you're do you feel marginalized or from not being do people say you know oh she's not most people don't maybe don't know no, or? I, you know i have the opposite for me at least most people assume that i am initiated and i think that's just because i'm very active in the temple i i and i know many things like uh you know i've had good training at home i've had um, time in mayapur and the, the deity worship academy and different things like that right. i've had a lot of experiences in my life that have given me a certain kind of knowledge and also i i feel like i have always uh determination to do things in the proper way um so yeah i haven't had too much issues with people thinking oh or discriminating because i'm not initiated which you could say is actually a detriment to my initiation journey because you know if you're if people are treating you like you are initiated obviously not second initiated then what's the urgency to take initiation right and there's also the there's also i forgot what i was gonna say um i mean what do you how how do you do you feel having been initiated at you know what were you 22 or something something like that yeah do you feel 
any in any sense of that oh I have the upper hand or that um, I was glad that I did that or you know how is it now this is like um, 10 years later yeah de- I mean definitely it's it's uh, it's been a struggle but it's also been it's directed my life in a certain way like I've wanted to from what a young age I've wanted to just know what my direction was in my faith so not being initiated I would have kind of looked here and there and all not knowing what where I was going but not not who's you know not knowing whose shelter I was going to be under mm-hmm. and uh, that really kind of directed me of of of, uh, of a place where I want to go where I want to be who I want to be like you know uh, example to follow type of thing where uh, where do you think you got that impetus from like i know you were saying when you were younger there were a lot of brahmacharis at the temple yeah yeah do you feel that was the thing or what do you think was the thing that kind of really spurred you to feel like initiation is what i need to do that's gonna get me to the place i want to go or or put me on the right path it was definitely definitely uh, associating with devotees at a young age uh, devotees like who are converts basically mm. and and seeing their enthusiasm and and wanting to have that same enthusiasm living in the temple and doing the morning program and going out on book distribution or harinam or whatever you get that bug from just the being around others who want to do that mm. and so i was blessed to be around devotees like that so i i've always wanted to be like that and and i'm glad i i'm glad i was that was one of the greatest experiences because it kind of shaped me to who i am today mm. someone who's you know always struggling but but always moving forward and 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 knowing what my goal is not you know and not being easily you know uh, discouraged and and all that i mean that goes into my next uh, you know question for you is that like how do you most people say like how do you how do you stay so positive and how do you stay so um happy you know because you're everyone says you're a very happy person and am i let's <laughs> <laughs> not go into that nam sees the this other side of me um yeah i don't know i i i think again it's just a personality thing like i've always felt very um, positive. I I feel emotions very strongly. I think that's probably to do with you know my star sign or whatever. I so if I'm happy, I'm very happy, and if I'm sad or you know upset, then that also is very extreme. But I but I feel like I very easily can go through different emotions. So I don't know. I I guess when I'm around people, I have the sense that I I never want someone to feel upset because of something that I've done or that some way that I've you know or or concerned about me so I always have this happy outset because I feel that people then reflect that and it makes other people feel happy right I remember the point I was saying back to initiation that can it be also that it's a social pressure which way meaning like um, taking initiation or no, like if you don't if pretend, pretend for example, like you, you know, everyone just talking about initiation all the time, initiation, initiation, you should get initiated, blah, 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 but you don't know so much about it, but you're like, you, you just want to do it because you want to just be a part of the yeah. social, you know, I think part of the, yeah. the movement or whatever. Definitely. I feel that, that there's that pressure and, yeah. and, but it's not backed up by, you know, what what is needed to for example like you feel pressure to take initiation but you don't know why so 
the education should be there. Why do we need to take initiation? I think maybe that's not emphasized when we're younger. It's, and also we think it's always something that older people do. The initiation is like, oh, it's older. And then, I I don't know, growing up in Krishna concept, you always feel like a child. I know you were saying the other day when someone we were having a seminar and someone was saying, oh, the youth, and they were actually pointing to the much younger kids. And you were like, wait, are we not the youth anymore? Yeah, no, we're, we're like, you know, anymore. in our late 20s, 30s. But we always feel like the youth so when when are we going to grow up in a way when do we feel that we've reached a point where we're mature enough to take initiation maybe that impetus yeah, is i not mean this this movement was started you know by 20, by 20 year olds 20 or, year youngers and, or younger yeah yeah so that's a definitely a, a good point um i um, wanted to bring up one point sure, because yeah. i thought it yeah, was yeah. really important um the struggles you know for example for a married couple yeah. who are devotees the struggles of keeping your sadhana or like i know you you used to always say to me about flying your own plane like when you're a couple and you're both trying to practice krishna consciousness how how hard is that to maintain a certain level and also um you know also support each other i don't know you're, oh, I'm you're, asking. You, you're the interviewer now. Y yes, I'm. <laughs> I'm helping you out. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. I think that there always has to be something. I struggled with in the beginning was um, being judgmental and being having unreal expectations about right. things. It's yeah. We struggled with this a lot. I think we did. We definitely with. did. Yeah. And um, maybe you thought something of me. Maybe you were part of the gang that were like, "Oh, Tulsi, she's amazing devotee." <laughs> No, I still think you're an amazing devotee, huh. but but um, <laughs> but you know to 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 quantify it or you know it or to like you know say that someone is not a good devotee because they're not initiated, I think is unfair and mm -hmm. not exactly according to our you know um, teachings and stuff. But uh, back to that point was that to be I think it's important that they're there it's talked about what the expectations are mm -hmm. but also that if they don't meet those expectations it's not like the end of the it's not the end of the world mm -hmm. like if you're if, if they if you're if you're trying sincerely and you're helping each other to to get to this goal then it's it's a you know it's great and and each other we shouldn't make each other feel guilty about maybe you know if you're not able to meet that standard those mm -hmm. standards of sadhana or principles or whatever there should be a there should be a very much, you know, like something I always think about is that, um, you know, marriage is so much about uh, being a person who's good at forgiving mm. because there's always going to be times where, you know, we get on each other's nerves or you say something that you didn't mean or mm -hmm. something. But if you take everything complete personally, you know, like it said, uh, you know, it should be like arguments should be like a lot of thunder not like no, lightning no lightning because yeah. thunder who said that i forgot but thunder is like very much just loud noise mm. but but lightning is actually what destroys things right, right. and uh i always loved loved that because you know i always think about that you know because it, of course we have arguments every couple does mm -hmm. but uh it's important to keep that in the forefront yeah i think uh very much like initiation it's the beginning of a journey and i think you know, when people don't realize that marriage is also a very long journey, they expect everything to be a certain way at the beginning. Yeah. Whereas like, I know stuff in the first year of our marriage, like how difficult it was and how we were trying to overcome all these different um, 
you know, difficulties, even just getting to know each other in a different way, like, mm, you know, yeah. more, uh, more closely and, and, and spiritually, like w working out how to uh, navigate our spiritual life together. I felt like it was like looking back, we, you know, we've been married five years this Ju uh, July, right? right? Yeah. So it's, it's like, yes, thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, it's amazing, actually, just looking back and seeing how difficult it was at the start and, and how far we've come and yeah. what level we're at, which I know someone was asking about, like, having having humor as the part of part of the marriage. And that's so something I always tell people. I mean, so we're important. lucky that we find each other funny, at least. But um, funny looking. Yeah. Well, I'll leave that. To you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's really important to be lighthearted and not to be, to be friends first of all. Yes, to be Is friends. It's very important, I would say. Yeah, and respect each other. You know, there you can joke and you can and have arguments, but I think when you respect someone, you don't go past a certain point, and that can also be something you have to learn at the beginning. I remember Definitely. certainly saying things that I was like, you know, you were like, whoa, like why do you need to go there and i was like "Ooh, sorry yeah <laughs> but um yeah look now now it's like okay i know how this person is going to react if i say this thing so let me not say it and let me like calm down first or or make a joke and then you know kind of break the break that fight that's going on or something like that yeah um yeah i think humor is definitely such an important part of life in general like we can't take ourselves too seriously mm -hmm. like you really need to like loosen up and and be you know also for devotees and just uh yeah i was gonna say the same thing like for example this podcast like i feel like it's a really good way of just kind of making light of things that people find difficult you know definitely, like definitely. the kinds of questions that people were asking even just you know for this podcast was really interesting to see the things that people struggle with or or even people's perception of us or a perception of me and 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 you know there's a lot of need for making light of situation when there's a lot of suffering in the world and there's a lot of suffering for people trying to be devotees and and feeling pressure or feeling that they can't quite make the mark and things and when they see that okay you know oh the amazing devotee Tulsi she's a normal person <laughs> you know people who know me know I'm just a regular person I'm a little crazy sometimes I'm a little um this and that and 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 they see that okay we're all actually going through the same journey and definitely definitely i think that's super you know it's definitely uh, very valuable to have you on and to hear your you know your viewpoints on things like this um i think that i want to also discuss one of the things where um the direction um of growth in iskon i don't know if that even makes sense the direction you mean like where Iskon is going like do, I think the question was like where Iskon is going what do you think about that <laughs> is that what maybe. it was maybe that actually sounds interesting what about you? why don't you answer that <laughs> no that's a whole other podcast <laughs> um, um I don't know I always have a positive kind of thing me too. so me too I feel I feel like Iskon with all thy faults I still love thee exactly um I and I think their tendency also is to blame ISKCON for things when, what is ISKCON? It's a worldwide organization, you know, f for developing Krishna consciousness and for 
you know, which has a, a huge range of devotees from very, very new to senior or people who have been around for a long, long time but aren't so senior. Yeah. You know, and I think when we try to blame ISKCON or things in general, I think it's 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 some like some niggling thing that we have that we are unhappy with and we're not doing anything about it. Right, right, yeah. That's so, a good point. Like just for example, like when I moved to this country, it was a very different and big experience for me having come from a certain kind of community, very big community with lots of resources and lots of, um, you know, very uh, different kinds of people that I, and I really loved being in that community, then coming to this community, which is much smaller and, you know, has a huge heart. But in my mind, it was like, oh, well, I was like comparing between the two temples or they do it like this and they do it like that. Um, you know, I think it, looking back now, like there's so much now that I appreciate about being here because I've realized when I started putting the effort in to be involved more and to change things that I wasn't happy about at the temple, right. then I felt the ownership Definitely. that if I try, other people will respond. Like even just one thing, like the kids, like I had such a great experience growing up, for example, just like dancing in Kirtan. I felt like the kids weren't engaged. So I started holding their hands like, hey, why don't we dance in the kirtan? Dance like this. Like for Sunday feast. Like for the Sunday feast. Right, right. You know, uh, for the Gore Arti or whatever. So, mm -hmm. and through that, like seeing how enthusiastic the kids became and also then their mothers were joining in now and then you're on the other side with all the, uh, d the male devotees and like, I don't know, it's just been a, such a positive thing that now everybody's dancing together and it's just like so so sweet right. and i'm like such a small thing as me just taking ownership like why don't i just step out and 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 and, and start the dancing off you know right, things like right. that let's uh, you know let's um let's talk about something like you being a woman and uh in iskon uh <laughs> where are you going with this <laughs> no okay go on. like yeah. uh what you know, aspect of it? No, no, like that, that you could, we're talking about the, you know, having a positive attitude mm -hmm. and, and everything. Do you ever, do you ever feel marginalized as a woman or do you ever feel like, uh, yeah, let's go with that. Personally, I have never really felt any, um, like restriction because I was a woman. I don't know if that's because I'm a Kirtan leader and that means I, I'm still kind of in a disposition that... I think it does have a lot to do with that, but... Yeah? Yeah, continue. Um, I, I, I was always, like, pretty tomboyish as well, so mm. I'm not a shy person. I was always in the dramas in school. I was always, you know, kind of at the forefront. So, but at the same time, like, like you know how sometimes in some temples they'll have, like, the deity greeting and like okay the men go forward first and take darshan and then it's kind of a rotating thing and then the women come afterwards right, right. like i know that bothers some people but i don't really feel bothered about it like i understand the culture of kind of keeping men and women separate especially in the temple i it's like you either one has to go first or the other has to go first right. like you know i know in some temples they would you know help support in other ways but i don't know i never felt really bad about it although I definitely think um, it's important to uh, support uh, women and children in a way that they feel 
uh, that they are important because I know at some temples, like I've seen all the women and children go and take prashad first. Right. And I thought that was such a lovely thing to, to, to kind of implement. Right. I know it's not possible at every temple depending on how things work, but mm -hmm. things like that I think are great. Do you think that's because of your, uh, what your parry parents raised you or? Probably. I mean, I, I feel like <laughs> in some ways I was kind of raised like a boy, like, you know, my mom was a top book distributor and my dad was a Harinam leader. So I kind of, those, they're quite, I think they're quite masculine roles in some ways. Yeah, definitely. So that was kind of normal to me. It was like, my mom does it, my dad does it. It's not like, there's no difference there. Yeah. But, you know, if I, yeah, if I look, I guess if other people didn't have that same experience, I mean, maybe they would have a different thing to say. But Do you find um, weirdness? One of the questions I remember on this thing was like, do you find anything, uh, anything strange or that you felt any experiences being in, uh, in ISKCON but in an interracial marriage? Oh. <laughs> um, um, I mean you're you're so Indian though in some ways but also you're not in some ways okay so I, I actually sometimes my like colleagues or you know people who are not devotees sometimes they ask me about this yeah and I kind of say well you know although we're different races I you know we were brought up in a very similar way right. so I mean what what about race m makes things difficult I think uh, because I mean, for me, it, for me, it doesn't. It's just funny that that one time you came to our, you remember you came to my job. Oh yeah. And then and then someone, uh, I put because I was wearing I like an anarchali or no, something. No 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 no. You were um. Then then I I told I think on Facebook I said oh Tulsi came to visit me at work or something and then someone commented was like, was was someone's reaction like does your wife know about this person? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> They're like they, because until then you your coworkers just probably assumed that you were married to an indian girl yeah right that's really oh my funny. god i found it so funny <laughs> the other woman yeah <laughs> yeah right but uh no i personally haven't found anything weird about it i think it's beautiful and i think it's wonderful and i and i think that's just what makes iskan iskan right. international society you know like yeah. someone fr from a whole different side of the world can can find a partner on on the other side of the world but they have so many similarities right and they can just come into another community and plug in because in the same way because it's, it's the same i mean a propod was a genius in that way that yeah. every temple is basically the programs are both mostly the same yeah and we had that experience when we we did traveling across the world and in every single temple we went to it was like you just feel at home in many ways because the same program is happening. The same, you know, bhajans are being sung. Like, yeah, love it's it. amazing to love see it, that. Yeah. But I think, I mean, I, I think there can be challenges, definitely, depending yeah. on how much you are similar or different to whichever races are, are, you know, engaging with each other and how much you, how much you see yourself as that race i mean i'm always like oh i'm from england and we do things like this and you're yeah. from america i'd say that is more of a difference between no, us that's so true yeah than the yeah. race thing you know what country you're from right and and america america <laughs> <laughs> right. okay um yeah i don't know no no you you answered the question oh you don't want me to um, continue talking <laughs> what else did i want to ask you um time for blueberry yeah go for it Thanks. Don't break anything. Um, let's go to the quick fire round. Okay. Yeah.
Let's go to the quick fire round. Quick fire round. Chill, 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 chill. Nima, where is my, where is my sound effect, bro? Sorry, dog. I'm working on it. Still. <laughs> I don't pay the big bucks for nothing. <laughs> what quality do you admire in others? Um, outgoingness, maybe. You admire that in other people. Mm -hmm. And 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 I don't know how to say it. Like people being genuine. Genuine. Gen genuinity. Genuity. Ingenuity, mm, something no. like that. Being genuine, yeah, yeah. I feel that's really valuable. I feel very protective if I feel someone's not being genuine. Which again, how going, do you know that though? Well, again, going back to the whole fame and celebrity status of the the Kirtan thing, I'm very guarded sometimes when people are like, oh, oh, Harry Ball and this that, and the other, and like some people are really genuine, but I I don't know. I have a feeling sometimes that I feel. Okay, is this person actually, you know, appreciating or is it, are they just seeing that like, I'm a famous person and they, so maybe it comes from that, like just not wanting to engage with that celebrity. Right. Thing. What quality do you dislike about yourself? <laughs> this is hard. Not that it's hard. I'm, there's plenty of things that I dislike, but, um, I, I think, you know, sometimes as you, like, I love to be friends with everyone, but I think sometimes I struggle to go deeper and really open up to people and, uh, really, you dislike that a lot about yourself. I mean, I, 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 I'm just pulling you like, I, I, know. <laughs> I crave deep relationships and I think sometimes we don't push or make the effort to have deep relationships. We assume that everyone is going to be, you know, always texting us and, and, starting off the conversation whereas right. we should also make the effort always to try to value our friends and 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 go deeper in those relationships and krishna conscious relationships as well yeah sorry these uh, are not very quick answers <laughs> that's okay name three things you do when you think no one is looking uh three things i do i don't know do you do you i don't actually understand that question name three things you do when you think no one is looking? Well, like going in the bathroom, I or hope like no picking one's looking. your nose. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's what somebody does when they think. Um, Let's skip that. I yeah. don't like that question. <laughs> Thanks, John V. What is what is your favorite hobby? Like outside of. Just answer the question. <laughs> um, I love knitting and crocheting and like crafty things. Nice. It's like my. What's the best thing you've made? Um. Or the most intricate thing? You made like dolls and things, right? Yeah, I made some yeah. toys for kids and things. If you could speak another language. Bengali. Why? It's Mahaprabhu's language. <laughs> Kubalo. <laughs> Kubalo, you did a great job. Thanks. Um. We gonna have you on again? I lo I love talking to you. I hope you love talking to me so nice thank you dear um i'd like to thank all my viewers and i'd like to thank Tul tulsi um you could give birth any day now it's super exciting i'm just super waiting. happy i'm i'm just i can't wait i can't wait to see the little person Who whoever, whoever they is. are <laughs> um and i'd like to thank nimai for uh, my tech guy thanks a lot man and um let us know what you think about this episode in the comments um, I'm going to try to do more. Uh, it's just been super difficult. It's, it's, uh, we got this one in though. Yeah. Hopefully Bravo now to us, hopefully now we'll get a bit more of a 
roll going. We've got a few guests lined up. I'm just uh, taking the co-host <laughs> position co-host here. Yeah. So, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, I think that's it. Thank you very much. See you later. Haribo.